Oh my gosh. I swear, I swear, so many things happen within a day surrounding sports. I swear, I, that's the only thing that my phone gets notifications for. Oh my gosh. Mamma mia. Good afternoon, everyone. It is around 1.30 here on a nice, beautiful, sunny day. What a perfect day to talk about sports, but let's be real, any day is a good day to talk about sports. For today, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Um, $3 million prize video game cups, a segment I'd like to call what they really mean. But right now, we're going to get into the 2019 MLB season because it's basically, it's well into the season and a lot of the teams have been doing pretty well. And recently, the MLB player trade deadline just hit yesterday and some teams were making big moves everybody's been talking about it but I don't really like to talk about those things right as they happen because that's all speculation you never know about anything until it actually starts so if we want to get into the National League the Braves are currently leading the East and the Nationals are only six games behind the Phillies seven games behind that which is not too bad the NL race is pretty pretty close besides the west the west the dodgers are leading and then the giants are 15 games behind that but then you go to the central and the st louis cardinals are in first and the cubs are only one game behind the brewers are only two games behind the brewers are doing pretty well they've been constantly well through last season and kristen yelich is doing big things for that team then you head over to the al the yankees are in first the Rays are in second, seven and a half games behind, and then you got the Red Sox, 10 games behind. The AL Central, Twins are in the first. They're in the first place, which deservedly so. They've been playing really well, and I'm not surprised. The Indians are three games behind that, and then the White Sox are then in third with 18 and a half games. The last section is the AL West, and you got the Astros in first, which is great because they just acquired quite a good pitcher and um honestly I'm a little terrified of their their pitchers right now because I'm not gonna lie I really love Houston Astros and I love their fans whenever they're in Boston they play Boston their fans are so sweet they're so nice but they know how to talk the talk they are pretty confident in their team as they should be recent World Series winners so you got the Astros in first the athletics behind that, they've been doing okay, and then you got the Angels 13 and a half games behind. So this MLB season, there is plenty of time right now for things to happen, for changes to be made, and with this trade deadline, who knows what could happen? Who knows? I'm not even going to talk about the trade deadline. I'm just going to say that uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox, Yankees, I guess they're in first, but like their injured list is quite long. Maybe that's why they're holding off because they're putting their faith in those injured players, which a lot of people do. So it's, it's, I can just, I just felt the anger by a lot of the Yankees fans and they're upset, but don't be upset yet. The season's not over. Red Sox fans are upset, but that's deservedly so because they basically traded away all their pitchers and they're really struggling. And they recently just had four different series against the Yankees, then the Rays, and then they're gonna play the Yankees again, and then they're gonna play the Rays again. And those three teams are cycling in the top three. So there's 10 games behind for the Red Sox, 
they're looking to get some wins in, even though they just lost, I think, the past two games to the Rays. But their series with the Yankees went pretty well. I was at game two. They won pretty well. I saw history made. Xander Bogarts smacked one over the monster. Oh my gosh, I you could hear, you just knew that ball was going like past the pike. Like it went over like to the Commonwealth Hotel. I don't even know. I, I don't even know, but it was beautiful and we are all here for that. So the MLB season, so much time, so many games to be played, more than 100 games they play each season, God bless. And we will look back into that after I want to give it like maybe a week or two for these new players on these new teams to um get a little situated but I don't think the Rays did very much but honestly they're in second place in the AL East impressive and what was it a couple months ago they were talking about moving to Montreal which I don't know who came up with that to be honest because that doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me you move a whole, I know franchise relocation happens all the time, but I mean, if Montreal really is into baseball as much as them wanting to move a whole team there, who's actually doing pretty well given they're second in the AL East? I don't know. That's, they're just, ha- they're having att- attendance issues, and apparently that's, that's the solution, which I don't understand, but hopefully with this upswing in um, standings, maybe that'll get people to, go to the game but honestly it's probably just really hot down there that's probably why people don't want to go to the game I've been to games baseball games in Florida and oh my gosh I could I had to get up like almost every half inning and walk around and go into the shade get water because it's like it's a full day event it's like going to the beach kind of but you don't got any water to dip in and it's a whole thing whatever it may be hopefully they figure that out just figure it out guys staying with the baseball topic there was something really really adorable these White Sox fans I don't remember what game it was it was a game last week and the White Sox were down nine runs and this little boy starts a let's go White Sox chant and you know when people start doing that it's either everyone starts doing it or no one starts doing it which is so sad but another little boy in the stadium heard him and they started rallying their voices and I posted this on the glory to the game twitter page so go to twitter and search glory to the game it's on the feed and they interviewed them and they're the cutest things and the White Sox manager noticed because how do you not when they're the only people really chanting and they're down nine runs and he gave them a sign ball and he was just so and they show his press conference after the game he like appreciated them and that's when you know that's sincerity people who are so quick to blame their team in a bad situation especially if you're not doing well that whole season so we want to applaud these these little boys and say that is how you should be a fan as a game you got to be optimistic until the final whistle blows or the final play is made because it's just too easy to be um, a pessimist. Yet another beautiful thing that's happened in the world of sports. Damian Lillard was out shopping and this video that has surfaced, he approaches like four young young boys, young men, and he he walks straight up to them. He goes, all of y'all get like five pairs of shoes on me. Oh my gosh. That, I think... 
the correct word to describe this. These boys were speechless. They, I don't know if they thought it was not real, but he bought these boys five pairs of shoes each. It was another beautiful thing to see because we like to see that these players, not only are they becoming these amazing athletes, but they're also caring about the younger generation as well as anything that they care about. And it's just good to see that kind of stuff. Moving on, another amazing thing happened and this not like hospitality wise, but two, I repeat, two of Michael Phelps' swimming records were broken during um, a pre-Olympic qualifying meet. So Michael Phelps in 2009 in Rome set two records both in the butterfly and the 100 and 200 meter. This past weekend, a Hungarian swimmer, Christoph Malak, he's 19 years old, beat his time by one second, by one second, still beat it. Because, like, how are you going to beat Michael Phelps' record by more than one second? If you recall ever watching this man swim, I mean, he had his moments. He had his great moments. He had his low moments. But he was a rocket in the pool. Like, you you couldn't believe how fast he could swim. And honestly, the last time I remember him swimming in an Olympics, he did maybe two or three meets within the same time period in the same day. So one of them, I remember him winning maybe two. And then he came in like second or third in the other one. But I would have been tired by then too. Come on, trying to do the butterfly. Like if you know how to do the butterfly, um, here's to you because that is, I just, I'm not a very good swimmer. That's why, I, that's why I'm just like, putting this up on a pedestal but secondly another one of his uh, records was broken Caleb Dressel who is an American he beat his record with the time of 49.5 while My- Michael Phelps's record was 49.8 and this was in the 100 meter butterfly even less than a second but still you get to say that you broke a record you broke Michael Phelps record that is impressive within itself these guys are all qualifying for the next Summer Olympics, which should be very exciting in 2020. But we're moving on from swimming to the WNBA All-Star Game, which just happened. The WNBA All-Star Game was in Vegas. It featured two teams captained by El Deladone as well as Asia Wilson. This game was very, very, very competitive. It ended in a 129-point win for Asia's team against um, 126 for Deladone. But Neka Agumake scored 22 points for Deladone's team. And then the all-star of the game, who was an undrafted WNBA all-star MVP, Erica Wheeler, scored 25 points. She plays for the Indiana Fever. She also proceeded after the All-Star game to win the Fever game that they played later on that week. And she was very emotional because after receiving the MVP award, she dedicated it to her late mom, which was amazing. It was beautiful. This game set the record for most combined points and assists and three points made by a team and a player, which was Erica Wheeler. Cheers to you, Erica, because that is impressive. Writing your name in history, it's beautiful. It's an emotional thing. And cheers to you, girl. I'm impressed. 
as well as so many others should be. Now we're traveling all the way to Orlando City Stadium in Florida because that's where the MLS All-Star Game was held. This year's All-Star Game, the MLS All-Stars competed against Atletico Madrid. And if you can't tell already, the MLS lost, which has been happening for a couple years now. Last year, they played Juventus and lost. This year, it was 3-0. This was the fourth year in a row they've lost. Honestly, I don't care that it's the fourth year in a row that they've lost. I think it's really amazing that they get to play against these European and foreign teams because it really hits to them and says, this is the level that we're playing at, and we know you're in a different league, but most of these players used to play for a team that they are playing against now in the MLS All-Star Game. But it was especially exciting because Atletico's new acquisition, Joao Felix, scored his first goal. And he netted, I think it was the second or last goal for the team. Marcos Lorente and Diego Costa all netted goals for the European Football Club. And it was actually an exciting game for them to play. Also, I don't know if anyone's been... I don't know if the footballers have been paying attention, but the ICC has taken over the states and have been playing a ton of friendly matches around. And recently they played in New Jersey at MetLife. Also, they played a game at Gillette. AC Milan played Benfica in one of the last games for the friendly cups. And Benfica won 2-0. to It wasn't that exciting of a game, but it was really fun to watch a competitive play. Me, personally, who's watched a lot of MLS comparing it, this just goes back to the MLS All-Star game. But it's just a different style of play. A lot of the different leagues play differently. There's more defensive actions in some leagues compared to the other leagues. But nonetheless, still exciting, still European, still big star names that you get to see. Coaches get to see how their teams are different. I worked the game, so that's why I'm talking about the behind-the-scenes aspects more. But it's exciting to see all the different media there and how they handle the games compared to how the MLS handles the games. It wasn't the most goal-worthy games, but it was absolutely exciting nonetheless. AC Milan kind of took a little beating. They got a little comeback towards the end in the 70th, late 70th minute. They scored a goal, but it got taken back due to offsides. But Benfica went on to win, and that was exciting within itself. And the ICC will start soon. They'll start their actual World Cup first round soon. Soccer is currently going on in the United States, but everyone knew that. MLS needs, I, I would like the MLS to be a little a bit bigger, but they need to bring that on themselves. But football will be back soon. And let's see, the timeline for that. The German Super Cup is August 3rd. Premier League is back August 9th. League One is back August 9th. There's some cups. Bundesliga is back 16th. La Liga returns August 16th as well. Syria. Ooh, I'm excited for that. Starts August 24th. That's like the latest, though. And then the Champions League group stages start September 17th. Oh, my gosh. If you're a football fan, replay what I just said in your mind. Get that going through there. Open your phone. Put the dates in. Don't forget. Something I love to do, which I'll do at the end of this episode, is I'm going to say a lot of the upcoming sports events so that you can know when they're happening so you don't miss them. I just think 
if I don't write anything down, I'm never going to remember it. So you got to write this down. Reminder, write this down. Don't write this down because it's, it's a little sad, but cheers to you. Julie Ellis, if you don't know that name, she is the U.S., or I should say was the U.S. Women's National Team coach, but she is stepping down after winning two consecutive World Cup titles for the U.S. Women's Team. She, if you don't know her story, she began there in 2012 as an interim coach, but eventually was given the job in 2013. She set some records there. This is like a record-breaking week. Oh, my goodness. She set the record for most games coach, which is 127. Her record overall was 102, seven draws, and 18 losses. She actually is originally from the Portsmouth United Kingdom. Cheers to you, Coach Ellis, because you've done wonders for this women's national team. And we salute you as a strong woman who's brought in winningness to the U.S. team. So, I don't know if you heard, because apparently there's this thing called the Fortnite World Cup, which I had no no idea was a thing. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I would never lie. I'm going to be bluntly honest, as I always am. When Fortnite came out, everyone was obsessed with it. I cannot tell you how many times I saw it pop up on a story or a post or a blah, 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 playing Fortnite. You can just know what it is. Where are we going? We're going to meet at the Tilted Towers. All right, let's go. I'm not one. I'm not the biggest one for video games, which is fine. And by video games, I mean I had a PlayStation when I was in middle school and I played SSX. I played all the sports games, which is, let's be real, that's those are the best games. And Guitar Hero. We can't forget about Guitar Hero. But I just never got Fortnite. I was like, it looks like a... It looks like a children's game. I know there's more to it, fighting and stuff. I never got into the Call of Duty or the Halo or whatever. So I clearly just never understood it. But don't get me wrong, did it not die down for a while? All of a sudden there was this big hype about it. Then three people played it. I don't know. But this past weekend, the first inaugural Fortnite World Cup was held at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York. 350 players played in a elimination type tournament the winner a 16 year old a 16 year old boy kyle jeersdorf he won three million dollars not just that three million twenty five thousand nine hundred dollars for beating all those players in fortnite but you wish you stuck with fortnite and kept playing it until uh you couldn't open your eyes anymore one of the reasons there's such a big gap between this episode and the last one was I was on summer vacation like a lot of people do. Don't get me wrong, I, w- I was on vacation and enjoying the beach, but I was still on my sports grind. I was going, I was in Cape Cod, going to Cape Cod baseball games, watching the Red Sox, watching all the games that were on. So I wasn't slacking or anything. But when I was in the Cape, my father was talking to me. He goes, you'll never believe it. There's a post in the Boston Globe this man from a town that we live in. So I grew up um, 25 minutes outside of Boston. It's in a town right near, if you know where Framingham is, you'll probably know where my town is. This boy from my town and his father was interviewed by the Boston Globe. If you read it, it's a very interesting article. I will go find it and post it on the Glory to the Game Twitter. It's, I don't wanna (laughs) say anything not nice about it, but he's just, 
coaching his son to I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna say coaching but I'm saying training his son in Fortnite and usually that's not you don't see those things nowadays which it's is crazy your parents would always tell you to go outside play games instead of playing video games you would have a limit on your video games now they're winning three million dollars and you're like all right honey time to get your game on you go boy i will be here i'll get you some snacks you just stretch those fingers and get to playing who would have thought who would have thought i mean who would have thought we would have cornhole tournaments also, that just reminds me, ESPN The Ocho is back. So if you want anything from darts to like drone racing, ESPN The Ocho will be back. And you can watch all that type of stuff there. I'm not sure if uh, that's what the Fortnite tournament was on. But that is back for all your sports needs, sports wants, anything that's not on. If you're sick of watching baseball, go to ESPN The Ocho and start watching all those sports on there. From $3 million to $100 million for three years, CJ McCallum got that deal with the Portland Trailblazers. He probably couldn't be any happier because he loves this city. I don't blame him. Dame is with him. They're going to probably make big noise in the next upcoming basketball season. That is a team I definitely enjoy watching, and hopefully they'll make another run at the NBA championships next year. Another man who just got paid, Michael Thomas, after a six-day holdout, is getting a new contract for $100 million through five years. 61 of it is already guaranteed, and it's impressive, and he deserves this because he is one of the Saints receivers that has catched 321 passes since 2016. Michael Thomas, congratulations. That is an impressive contract. You're going to do wonders for this team. The Saints are probably going to ball out. I don't know if you've seen Drew Brees recently. He's been tripping down to the toes. I'm cheering on Nola this, this season as well. I'm introducing a segment I like to call is this drip I wanted to take note that athletes they get to be in the spotlight and their picture taken a lot pregame postgame award shows they have these chances to get pictures taken of them in their outfits and it's amazing I'm jealous I wish I could have pictures of me taken in all my outfits that I wear as well but us us people who do not have that opportunity have to find find ways to get pictures of their outfits whether it be a friend a mother or a mirror we get it done because we keep a 100 here i keep a 100 here i thought the perfect time to introduce this segment was now the perfect event to showcase this and talk about it was the 2019 sb awards because we came to show out in our sb's outfits i am going to go through a couple of different people, a couple of different pairs of people who stood out to me in either good or bad ways. And if you would like to visually see this as well, you can go to the Glory of the Game Twitter where I've posted all of these outfits. And you really do need to see them for yourselves because some of them are absolutely just gorgeous and some of them are not. We're going to start off with Gabrielle Union and Wade Wade because Gabrielle looked gorgeous she had this v-cut little drop in um her race of vanessa dress and she had a swarovski purse that looked like a pina colada cup no words for that and her counterpart tween wade you could you obviously know he he didn't just come to be at an award show 
he is in all white, a nice jacket and pants. He um, is in Louis Vuitton, so that's when you know he looks great. As if he's at the, the runway for a Louis Vuitton show. Beautiful. Next on my list is Michaela Schifrin. You would know her name as the Alpine skier. She's been in the past Winter Olympics. And I'm not sure of the designer. I've never heard of the designer that she's been in, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful white V-cut dress. There's some tassels coming off her arms, and it's just beautiful. It's a statement look, and sometimes people do it, and it's very aggressive, and it's bad, but she pulled it off. Now this brings me to OBJ, and I'm laughing a little bit because he is wearing Prada, which is Prada or Nada to me, to be honest, but this is an interesting look. He's got a white long sleeve button-up on, but then he laid it over with a, it looks like a tan penny. I don't know if he's paying homage to the NFL uh, workers that carry the footballs or the photographers because that is exactly what he looked like. And I'm pretty sure after the fact, he kind of recognized this because he had posted on his Instagram pictures of this and then his comments, his caption was a little skeptical about his look. And then also the comments he got were quite interesting. So you should go check that out. Some other people that really stood out to me were Sierra, but we all know she came to slay because sh- this is her forte. She she knows runways, she knows red carpets. She's wearing a long sleeve black dress with a V-cut uh, and a thigh slit, and it's a cutout at the waist and at the shoulders, and there's no necklaces. I can't tell if she's wearing earrings, but she's wearing some black strap shoes, and you know if she's looking good like that, her lover, Mr. Russell Wilson, obviously had to look at least as good. Probably not. It's kind of hard to look as good as her. But he also looked very nice. He's wearing um, a black suit with a textured print, a nice little pin that's a flower, hair slicked back, velvet loafers, and he is in Brioni. If you're into mixed martial arts, Anderson Silva was there. He went with a more casual look, a black long sleeve, and some ornate pants and white shoes. Totally fine with the relaxed look. Really okay with it as long as you do it well. Next, we got Javal McGee. Honestly, I did not like his outfit at first, but taking a couple more looks at it, I kind of like it. He's wearing a light blue jacket with matching pants and it has a plaid, a light plaid look to it and some loafers with no socks. That is a statement look. Let me tell you, the no socks look, it's in. Just don't go like sweating in like gross feet all day. Put some powder in there, that'll help you and it will help your feet get less blisters. You're welcome. Some other people that were there. Melvin Gordon was there. Speak of him. Melvin Gordon requests trade. Chargers deny Gordon's request to find trade partner after team didn't increase to a $10 million a year offer. So, other than that, he is looking really good. I don't who styled him? It doesn't say. If anyone styled him, let me know because this, this is a good job. So, he did a tan suit. He's got his hair up. He's got a printed shirt on with a white tie, bringing the white out in the shirt. And he's got a flower pin on his jacket with a pocket handkerchief. He is wearing the pants as capris so they're they're tailored up and he's wearing white shoes 
white sneakers, I should say. This look is like the perfect look for the ESPYs, if you're going to ask me. The ESPYs, red carpet, award show. You can go all the way from ball gown, if you're a female, and tux to a guy to slacks and a shirt. There's like, unless you just don't do it well, which I'm going to say, Usher, he was there and he did not, he's either wearing a male romper, an all plaid, oh no, it's too much, it's too much. Some other people that I'd like to call out as looking pretty good and dressing up very well is my friend Saquon Barkley. He went with a black pantsuit match, white shirt, giving it a little contrast, some sunnies and some black dress shoes. This jacket though was not like any jacket. It's like has the military gold buttons coming up in the two pockets and up on the middle. It looks very nice, it looks very professional, and it looks very put together. That is when you know you have a good outfit if it looks put together. A couple more people I would like to call out for trying and at least trying was Tobias Harris. He tried to go for a look that had pinstripe pants, a white jacket with the um, the side side button, a medallion, and a white collared shirt. It looks pretty good, and it's smart to choose something light for when you're out in the sun at first. It is not my favorite look, but he, he put some, um, some drip into that, and I'm actually very impressed. A couple more people who I'd like to recognize for bringing out their A-game was PJ Tucker. He chose to wear a saya, some black dress shoes, a brown pantsuit combo with a black lapel and a black bow tie. You know when you're wearing a bow tie, you're always going to look a little more fancier. Kudos to you, Mr. Tucker. You look pretty good. And last but not least, I would like to give credit I would love to give credit to this man because Mr. Von Miller, you know Von Miller, he has style. He has so much style that he tries to go into these trends and he tries to just do whatever he wants, which is good. Him and Russell Westbrook, they do, they just do what they want. There's a lot of people who are exploratory in the world of fashion, but he is wearing a maroon, like speckled color short suit jacket combo with a white t-shirt a chain and a brimmed hat with his signature glasses as well as white sneakers and this look i appreciate because it's taking risks the print is good the accessories are good together i am here for it mr miller and i think that was the last person i wanted to touch on that was really the the standout there was trust me if you google SB's fashion you will see all of these you can go to the glory of the game because those are all the ones that i just talked about but there's more there is more and you can decide for yourself so if you see any ones that i neglected to talk about or any ones that you want to talk about dm me i will absolutely talk about them with you because there was a lot happening there was a lot happening and lastly we are moving into the segment i like to call what they really meant which is where we take headlines and stories heard from the sports world. They come out as one thing, and it's just because some people, like, I don't know how to talk half of the time, but it's really important that you know what you want to say before you say it. What did he really mean? A fan wants to sue Cristiano Ronaldo after he didn't play in a preseason match against the Korean League All-Stars in Seoul, So, this fan goes to the K-League All-Star Game 
They're playing Juventus. He wants to sue him for a million and seventy-one thousand dollars for the price of the ticket and everything that encompasses that, as well as a mental anguish. Let me read to you the definition of anguish: severe mental or physical pain or suffering. Sir, are you meaning to tell me that you got to this game, you bought this ticket? because you love Cristiano Ronaldo and obviously wanted to see him play. You went through physical and mental pain because he was not playing. And um, let me get this straight. He was there. He was at the stadium. He just did not play. I'm sorry to tell this, this Korean fan, but this happens in sports all the time. If every player got sued for not playing in a game that they said they would play in. They're required to play in most all games unless there's a a game limit, a time limit on how much they play within a season. But this is, one, not a regular season game. Two, there was probably something that, like, that inquired him that he didn't want to play because he wouldn't just, like, say he's playing and he's not, which he did not. He didn't – it's implied that he was going to play. But side side note, last year in the MLS, the – LA Galaxy came to Foxborough. I was working this game and it took me forever to get to the stadium because I had never seen so many cars at Gillette for an MLS game before. You can probably know why. Zlatan Ibrahimovic recently had just joined the team. All Ibrahimovic jerseys. It was crazy. It was everyone there was there to see Ibra. I got friends tickets to come so they could see him. I get to work. Everyone's talking, everyone's excited. It comes close to game time, we get the starting lineups. Zlatan is not even on the bench. Zlatan is not there. Everyone does not know this until the start of the game when they announce the starting lineups. He's not on the bench. He's not anywhere. He's not in the locker rooms. He's still in LA. Imagine if all those fans had tried to sue the Galaxy or Zlatan because they didn't get to see him in a game. It's just ridiculous. I think what he meant was, I'm really upset I didn't get to see Cristiano play. He's never usually in Korea, and he said he's going to be there, which he was, and he didn't play. That's what he really meant. You You don't sue someone over not playing a game, even when they're there, because that's just ridiculous. One last, what did they really mean? Le'Veon Bell recently went to Twitter, finally, apologizing to his fantasy owners from last season. To quote his tweet, it says in the first sentence, this is long overdue. I think this is where we, <laughs> where we cue JoJo's. It's just a little too late, a little too long, and I can't wait. But I wanted to take a moment to apologize to all the fantasy owners who picked me last year. I'm sorry I couldn't pull through for y'all, but trust me, this year's about to be way different. I'm bringing the trophies this year. He did the trophy emojis, so that's what I'm assuming he's saying. But I think what he really meant was, hey, everyone, I just want to take a moment to apologize for kind of screwing you over. I kind of sat out longer than I anticipated last season and cost my uh, team a lot of points and a lot of games. But... I'll be back this year, and I'm betting that I'm going to do well. But who the heck knows because the season hasn't even started. As you can tell, I'm a little angry at Le'Veon because I don't think that's how you handle these sorts of situations. But 
that is what he did. And actions speak louder than words, my friend. And this is where I'm going to end the episode because I'm going to let you know what you can be watching right now. The Pan American Games are on in Lima right now, which includes a lot of Spanish teams, a lot of South American teams, which also include handball, surfing, some football. For all you American people, it's not American football. It's actual football. And you can catch that on ESPN and all the ESPN channels. August 3rd, we have the International Champions League Cup Round 1 begins. I was just talking about this in the episode, the ICC. They are starting their Round 1 with AC Milan and Man United. And then on the 4th, Tottenham will play Inter. Football fans get excited. It's coming back. We are back. I quoted all those league starting dates to you before. Now, if you're a tennis fan, the U.S. Open starts on August 26th in Flushing, New York. And for the football fans who don't just like the NFL, but also like college football, guess what? Less than a month till college football begins. The Chick-fil-A kickoff game will start in Georgia on August 31st, so write that in your calendar. Again, a lot of information being thrown on this episode, but thank you for listening. Next episode, I will be talking NFL season, NHL schedule for 2019-2020, and the recent trade deadlines in the MLB. Hopefully, we've seen some action with all the trades and continue watching sports. I will see you next time. Ciao, Amici.